All right, we start hour number two. Good, good first hour. Of course it is. It's a hump day. It's a Wednesday. Lots to get done. Hey, listen, I want to reiterate to you that you should call the program. Now is a perfect time still to call a program. Not quite as good as hour number one, which was wide open, but still plenty of time for you to call. Hit me up right now. 1-800-636-8686. This is what this is about. I provide a tremendous platform, and then you in chance or in turn have a chance to come in here and provide a tremendous take. And then get run and get popular and get followers. That's how you build a brand. I can help you. I can help you build your brand. I'm kind of like the idol maker, right? I'm not a pig. I'm not greedy. There's enough to go around. Let me help you. You pig. Get on the phone. Hit me up. one 636 Yeah, Rome, but you're not talking about what I want to talk about. Fine. Talk about anything you want. Anything you want. You have your phone number. If you want to find me and post to X, hit me up at Jim Rome. If you want to email me, email me at Rome, R-O-M-E, at haveatake.com. You've got Wild Card Weekend. I did the entire first hour, almost the entire first hour, on the epic, epic, epic rant from Darko Ryakovich. It's a complete crap. It is a complete crap, Coach. 23-2. to two. What a discrepancy. Oh, and what do you know? They lost by one point on the road to the Lakers. Outrageous. It was outrageous. I mean, Darko's point is, if it's going to be like that, fine, fine. Just let us know ahead of time. Then we won't go and just give them the win. And let me finish that thought. He didn't say this. Let us know ahead of time. Then we won't go. Just give them the win. Dot, dot, dot. Since you just gave them the win. So we hit on that. I want to get to the New York Giants. What a bleep show this is, which I also love. Not as much as I love Darko and the Mount Rushmore of Darko. Darko gets all four heads on the Mount Darko Rushmore. He earned him. I'll get to the Giants in a minute. All right, some quick reaction in the meantime. John Rom, bomb of the hour. Nick Casario, next hour. Kevin writes, I've been listening for years. I have to say that was the best open ever. I mean, it helps being a Raptors fan, but to have a coach this new to the league that is willing to rip the refs apart makes me proud. Not just rip the refs apart, and not just this new to the league. He's 35 games in to his career as a head coach in the NBA. And not just ripping the refs, but having his guys back. It really was a masterful performance. Scotty Barnes. And whatever it costs, it's well worth every cent. At MFWJF, quote, it's a complete crap. It's a complete crap. Regards, the pilot of the diarrhea plane. I don't know why you continue to find humor in that. That was a biohazard. Uh, a biohazard issue. I, you know, the only people who think that's funny are you. James Kelly. But I'll tell you who does think it's funny. I I bet if you were on that plane, you wouldn't find humor in that. James Kelly's like, oh, that's gold. Kelly, you tell on yourself every time you say things like that. Gold. That's gold. That's platinum. Nothing better. 
by nothing better, everything's better. Imagine being on that plane and seeing some guy and seeing somebody heading up the aisle. I'm not even saying it's his fault necessarily. It kind of is his fault for risking it. Like, yeah, I'm going to get on that flight, that international flight with the worst case of runs ever and somehow get through it. I'm corked up. I hit the emodium. Yeah, it kind of is his fault. But can you imagine being on that flight and seeing some dude dripping all the way down the aisle only to hear, uh, we got a biohazard here. Uh, We're turning the bird around. Yeah, I bet they don't think it's funny. I know if I was on that plane, I wouldn't think that's funny. All right, I'm trying to find things here that make it better. So far, none of this stuff that I'm looking at is making it better. Wooden Laconic. The way Darko is talking, Scotty Barnes is the NBA version of the next Jason Avon. You know what? There are players, coaches, and then there's Darko. I don't know that I've ever heard a coach go to the mat for a player the way Darko did Scotty Barnes, honestly. Scotty Barnes is going to be all-star. He's going to be the face of this league. Scotty's got to be like, coach, <laughs> easy coach. I'm good. Enough. No, 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 I got this, Scott. I'm not done yet. Who is all-star caliber player in this league? He- he catches everything. Scotty Barnes. He's the next LeBron James. Scotty Barnes. It's Sean Rohasek. Quote, did you just say the Lakers won? Anything is possible. No, they didn't just win. They won two games in a row. They were not a part of the EI. Ear is imitational. Hey, Rome, we're looking forward to hanging our two-game win streak pennant at the next game. Regards, the Lakers. It wouldn't be that much more ridiculous than them hanging a banner for that in-season tournament. Hey, Romer, get Darko some round bacon to calm his ass down. Andy in Portland. Andy. How is that possible? Dude, beat it with that. Why why are you going to take one of the finest moments of the association season thus far and try and cram that into some lame round bacon reset. No, and maple syrup and denim don't want any of that either. Nor does Brian Adams. Come on, man. That's like a knife. Hi, Jim. Association haiku. LaFlop strikes again. Ben Taylor is straight up trash. Raptors getting humped. Signed, Piston Calgary, Bella B in Calgary. They're all Bella, that's good effort. There. They really are. It's good effort. I like it. Romy, it's a complete crap. It's a complete crap. Signed, Edward and Bella's lame. Do you prefer steak or chicken? ATP questions. Bella doesn't. Bella's pretty good at the ATP. I mean, Bella was really good at the ATP for like two years. Of course, at some point, she was going to run out of material. No, Eddie would pretty much hit me with steak or chicken. Chicken or steak. 
That actually would be one of his better ones. Hey, Rome, chicken or steak? For Edward? On the Edward spectrum? That's actually one of his better ones. Hey, Rome, I thought that LeBron's response to the ref show last night was very insightful. Regards, Rex Lee. Did you Scott and Crabchester. All right, three, two, one. one in comes James Kelly with yeah. also gold. Is that a question? Yeah, I think so. Well, maybe not a good question, huh, Rex? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, yeah. I'm just waiting for I, James Kelly. There it is, gold. I knew it. Um, Kelly, dude, you are so predictable. And not in a good way. Maybe not a good question. Hey, LeBron? Um... We didn't. James Kelly's like, cue Micah now. Like, Kelly's about five things. Rex dunking on me. Micah dunking on me. His failed dog washing business. His enormous cranium. Him working on another morning show for 10 years without telling me. Hey, James, why is it that you like all these dudes dunking on me, but not Justin Fields? Like the pants. Because he got nice. He said something nice to me at the end. That's why. Let me tell you something, Kelly. You and your adopted family, the Shanahans, you better win it all this year. I'll be dunking on your ass until the end of time. Yeah. Romeo. Outrageous. Complete crap. Signed me. Staring at the in-season tourney banner. Outrageous. V in the fee. Wore alien silver, gifting the Lakers more wins. We'll take it. It's a complete crap. Even V is saying, hey, man, the commissioner just gifted us that win. We'll take it. We're not proud. And one more. Bruno the Great, 32. Hey, Jim, looking forward to the interview with Casario. Curious if he'll address the rumors of him wanting to return to New England. Allegedly. Can we also get some Jungle Caramel for Team Creep? Jungle Caramel? Maybe David Njoku, Miles Garrett. Hey, Bruno, a couple things. Creep. As far as Team Creep goes, we've been out to those guys. Creep. We've asked. Just so you know, we've asked. I'm not throwing all the karma at the Texans, although I should. Jungle We've asked for a number of Browns. I'm not really sure what's going on or where that sits or where that stands, but we've gone out. We've asked for Miles Garrett. We've asked for Nojoku. I'm not sure if it's a timing issue or something else. We have asked, just for the record. As far as, far as this line, look, look at the way he wrote this. Curious if he'll address the rumors at, of him wanting to return to New England. I don't know if Nick will, but I will. I'm more than happy to address those rumors. Starting with the way, Bruno, that you wrote that. Curious if he'll address the rumors of him wanting to return to New England. Point number one. There may be speculation about Nick in New England, But I highly doubt, highly doubt that it's Nick who wants to return to New England. Now, I could see where New England would want Nick to return there. 
Why the hell would Nick Casario want to leave Houston for New England? And yes, I said it and I meant it. It's the biggest no-brainer ever. Why the hell would Nick Casario want to leave Houston for New England? The situation that he's in right now, one which he built, is a thousand times better than the one that's currently in New England. That is asinine. Why would he want to leave? He got the coach he wanted. He got the quarterback he wanted. He nailed his third pick. He went from three wins to a playoff appearance in a single year. The vibes are incredible. The situation is incredible. He's done a masterful job. Why would he want to go from one of the best situations in the league? And yes, I said that too, because it's only going to get better. Why would he leave one of the best situations in the league for what is now one of the worst situations in the league? He wouldn't. It's an asinine question. Yeah, I bet he would love to address that. In fact, he already has. He already has. He went on with another former jungle legend, but still a jungle legend. The Cowboy Nation. The Cowboy Nation's got straps and chips and a radio show. And Nick was on with Shawnee, and the very topic came up. And you know Nick. Nick's not an over-the-top kind of guy. Nick's very even-keeled. But Nick made it really clear how he felt about that, quote, speculation. This time of year, there's a lot of things that are said. And anybody that makes a jackass statement that they either know me or trust me, you can rely on this information, honestly, is totally off base. And I'm just going to focus on the things that I can control, which is doing the best I can for the Houston Texans organization for as long as ownership provides the opportunity for me. So, like, whoever these reporters are that make these, you know, ridiculous statements, you know, maybe you want to talk to me about it first before you put some information out there that has actually zero basis. Dude, that, that's about as chippy as Nick gets. I'm not hard to find. So before you make your jackass statements. Jackass statement. You come find me. Jackass! I, I don't know where the report came from, so I'm not pointing the finger at any, quote, jackass. Jackass. But I will say this. It is jackass, jackass speculation. I mean, whoever thinks it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. I'm going to put myself as far out there, and maybe it's the, the coldest take ever, and I'm going to get Nick Saban one day. I don't know how to be any more clear about this. I, I'm not going to be the next Alabama head coach. I don't know how to be any more clear about this. I'm not going to be the Alabama coach. Nick's not going back to New England. Ridiculous And he sure as hell isn't right now, if ever. Jackass statement. It's a jackass statement. Ridiculous statements. It's a ridiculous statement. I mean, Nick, Nick's statement. pissed. You, you don't hear Nick like that. Jackass. Jackass. It is jackass. It's jackassery. It's a jackass, jackass bit of speculation. He's got one of the best stories and best upsides in the conference. Rat poison. And the Patriots are one of the worst teams and worst situations in the conference. Totally ridiculous, Rome. Why would he go? He wouldn't. I know why they want him to go or why they want him to come back. It doesn't make any sense. Now, 
Now, if you want to talk about Mike Vrabel and whether or not Vrabel would go back to New England, I think yes. I think he might. Vrabel played there. Vrabel loves Boston. Gentry. And New England. Vrabel understands the culture, the Patriots culture. If you set it up the right way for Vrabel. He sucks. And he's got a connection with Kraft. And you get him the right sort of, quote, alignment. Hell yes, I think Mike Vrabel, if Belichick is gone, I think that Vrabel would love to go back there and rebuild that thing. And return that program to prominence. That makes sense to me. Nick Casario going back there, that's jackassery. Jackass statement that... Because Vrabel just got fired. Ridiculous statement. Nick Casario is in an incredible situation that he himself built back up. So to you, Bruno, yeah, yeah, no. Honestly, I could bring totally it up, off base. but I don't think totally I even need to at this point. He's already addressed it. I've already addressed it. And I'm not steering clear of it. I spent five minutes on it. I think we're good. I will, however, ask him about Smack Off 30. Totally off the real, The real important stuff. I mean, Nick, I, not, not that I think that Nick's going to appear in Smack Off 30. Because you know what? Unlike Jim Harbaugh, for instance, Nick knows his strengths. Nick knows where he's good. And Nick knows where maybe he shouldn't play. But I'll tell you what I do have a uh, question about. Who does Nick think will win? Nick can handicap the field. Anyway, we'll, we'll get into all that. All I know is, H-Town, where are you? Totally off Where base. are you, H-Town? What an enormous weekend it is for you. We're talking New York football also when we come back. John Rahm will join me at the bottom of the hour. And the aforementioned Nick Casario coming up in hour number three. Totally off base. He was hot. He was hot. Jackass reports. Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. If you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you think you're stuck in because you might not be. There are options for getting rid of it. Chuck McDowell founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years now and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. And they might be able to help you too. To get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation, simply call Wesley right now for your free timeshare exit kit and see how you can become timeshare free. Call 800-462-3333-800-462-3333-800-462-3333. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. John Rahm coming up at 1040 Pacific time. I'm on the West Coast. So that's 15 minutes from right now. Nick Casario, 1140. But a phone call. It is wild card weekend. Some great matchups. And as I mentioned, they're projecting not only cold weather. Not only cold weather in Kansas City, but they're projecting one of the coldest games in NFL history. 
Have fun with that Dolphin fan if you're going to make that trip. Have fun with that Dolphin player. I think they're projecting a high today in Miami of 76. It's 71 right now in Miami. Yeah, I don't know how you really emulate that cold. How you simulate that cold. How you get ready for that cold. I was having a conversation with my son Jake. And when we were in Wisconsin for Christmas time... I'm like, yo, bro, you seem pretty comfortable. He's like, Pop, I live here now. I've lived here for four years. Like, my body is acclimated. You know, you're not, that's not you. You're Cali. I would say the same thing about Miami. That that whole thing about, it's just kind of a myth. It's in mind over matter. We're fine. We're good. I disagree with that. You live, you play, you train, you work in Miami. It's a thing, all right? A Bennett Arrowhead when it's cold. It's a thing. They live and work and play in Missouri. They know what it's like. But there's cold, and then there's, quote, one of the coldest games in NFL history. That's going to be something. Speaking of cold, speaking of wildcard weekend, let's go to the phones. Tim in Wisconsin. What's going on, Tim? How How are you? How you doing, dude? Awesome. Hey, I just so psyched about this game coming up against the Cowboys. And, uh, and also we finally have some snow to get the skidoos out. I wish you were around, take you for a ride through the woods there, but maybe next time. Um, I don't know. What are your feelings on this game? I, right now the Packers are riding on a lot of emotion and I used to coach youth football and I'll tell you what, I would rather have a team high on emotion and make a couple of mistakes than somebody that comes out and is nervous and tight. And right now, Jordan Love and that offense, they are clicking. I think, personally, myself, if uh, Jair Alexander can shut down C.D. Lamb, we win that game. All right, so I got some thoughts. First of all, I appreciate the phone call very much. I know you have snow because the aforementioned Jake Rome, our son, was back, back, And he sent me video. It's a winter wonderland now. It wasn't when I was there, but there is a lot of snow. When you say to me, hey, Jim, I wonder what your thoughts are on this matchup. I can give you my thoughts. I can give you my thoughts in six words or less. Big Mike better win this game. Those are my thoughts on this matchup. Big Mike Better win this game. You know, in the meantime, you got Atrick, the owner of the Cowboys. Depending on what day you ask him, depending on what hour you ask him, flip-flopping back and forth between, yeah, well, we're going to judge Big Mike game to game. And then on his next radio appearance, he'll say, no, 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 I love Mike. Mike's great. Mike's set. Mike's going to be here a long, long, long time. You know, Mike will be here longer than I'm here. Yeah, well, which one is it, Geriatric? It doesn't even matter. Let me tell you something. My feelings on this game, my feelings on this matchup, the so-called McCarthy Bowl, Big Mike better win this game. Because the way it's set up, the Cowboys, only a few weeks back, were very much a question mark, right? Philadelphia is 10-1. and one. They went to the Super Bowl last year, and maybe the 10-1 and 1 was kind of an illusion, but they were 10-1, and, and they were the ones to beat. 
And then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. And looky here. Look at the Cowboys, who've been flat-out dominant at home. You know, we talked about this yesterday, I think. The Dallas Cowboys are two totally different teams. They're Jekyll and Hyde. They really are. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they're two totally different organizations. Mm-hmm. The team and the organization at home, which is almost unbeatable and dominant. And the team that goes on the road, which is average at best. The numbers bear this out. They're two totally different teams. They're big, fat favorites. If ever there was a must-win game, it's this game. Green Bay rolling in. Big Mike coaching against his former team, the McCarthy Bowl. I'm not one to say, if this happens, then I'll do this. Like back in the day, my man Roger Lodge used to always come on Jim Rome's Burning and say, Romy, if this happens, I'll shave my head. And like that, the thing that whatever he said was going to happen, happened like 10 times. And he never shaved his head. Carl Malone plays for the LA Lakers again. I'm shaving my head on this program. (laughs) If he doesn't take that job, I'll shave my head on this show. What did you just say? If if (laughs) Steve Spurrier does not get the head coaching job back in Florida, I will shave my head on Jim Rome is burning. That that Alvin, that I could just shoot that thought out, and Alvin has that at his fingertips, is incredible. Urban Meyer is not the next coach at Notre Dame. I'm shaving my head on this program. So that was kind of his shtick back in the day. It was always funny. Not, not only he would shave his head, but he would shave his head on this program. And then these things would happen, and he would never do it. Burning. So what I'm not going to say is, if the Packers roll into Dallas and beat Big Mike in the McCarthy Bowl, I will shave my head on this program. I will not say that. But I'll tell you what I will say. If Jordan Love and the Packers roll into Dallas and they beat the Cowboys... I'll spend all three hours talking about it on this show Monday. Packer fan, I'll give you that. So when you ask me, hey, Rome, what are your feelings on this matchup? Very simple. Big Mikey better win this game. And then on top of that, secondarily, if Big Mike does win this game, zero credit for that. He's supposed to win this game. They're the two seed. He was hired to get them to the Super Bowl. And by the way, win one. Is that too much to ask that the Cowboys get to a Super Bowl and win one more than every other four decades? So, zero credit if you win. Hey, Packers are dangerous. I agree with him. The Packers are dangerous. One more thought. He said, I think the thing's going to come down to Zaire and CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb's been a monster. He's been a beast. Love him. Love him. And I love Zaire, too, but just for different reasons. Hopefully, Zaire does not run out there as a team captain and call the the coin flip, and they pull him off the field, and then they've got to find another way to deal with CeeDee Lamb. Love that game, man. High stakes. Pretty high stakes for a wild card weekend matchup, right? 1-800-636-8686. Got one more reaction, then I'll go to break. Hey, Jim. It just occurred to me that the Texans game is in the same city where Michigan won the title and the Astros play. Sincerely, Duke the Kook. Michigan winning their natty 
in Houston after getting all the scrutiny about the cheating against, you know, in the same town that hosts the Astros. That's incredible. Certainly Duke. Not, not, not only did Duke and Boise Certainly Duke reference Duke. it, he said it's incredible. And now you're going to tell me the Texans are going to play in the same city where Michigan won the title and the Astros play. That is incredible. On TV more than leave it to Beaver. Duke, my guy, I think you're a good dude. A good dude with a bad take. A good dude who had a bad call. A good dude who had a bad experience. And my man, I hate to pile on, but Duke the kook is going to stick. That's incredible. Duke the kook is incredible. That's incredible. When we come back, John Rahm joins me. First up, though. Here is a sports update. Duke the Kook is incredible. Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back. I am Jim Rome, live in Southern California. Tremendous Wednesday to you. Once again, telephone number is toll-free nationwide, 1-800-636-8686. Nick Casario of the Texans joins me next hour. But, as promised, right now, we are joined by a pro golfer. He announced on December 7th that he had joined Live Golf. He is the former top-ranked player in the world. He is currently ranked world number three. He has 20 professional wins. He has 11 PGA Tour titles. He is a two-time major champ. He won the 2021 U.S. Open and last year's Masters. Live Golf is going to open up its 2024 season February 2nd in Mayacoba, Mexico. We are joined right now via Zoom by John Rom. John, it's great to have you back on the show. John, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. It's good to have you on the show, John. So let me ask you, your decision to leave the PGA Tour, of course, rocked the world, the golf world, when you joined Live Live Golf last month. Essentially, what were your biggest reasons that led to your decision to change tours? Uh, I'm going to start with the obvious. Obviously, uh, financially, um, not that I wasn't comfortable before, but this is just a confirmation that sets my family in a really good path, right? Um, I think as a as a father and to to set my family in that way, and I think uh, we've accomplished that. So we get that out of the way. Um, I began to to think about the possibility later on the year, but obviously once the framework agreement came and and it was a possibility that the two worlds were going to unite, I think I owed it to myself to right. So. Uh, when the season was over, I did just that, and, and I like what they said. You know, I think uh, a lot of the things I was wishing to have, Live Golf already offered, and and I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Uh, also, one of the bigger ones, and I can't stress this enough, is is team golf. Right? I grew up playing team golf my whole life. Besides being in other sports, um, in golf alone, I was part of what would be my county team, my state team. And then the national team in Spain, and then ASU, uh, obviously ASU University, ASU golf team. So uh, it's something that I've always enjoyed. It's something that I think uh, makes sports even better. And to be able to share the spotlight with somebody 
all throughout as a team is something special. So I really can't stress enough how much I enjoy that. We're talking to John Rahm. John, I appreciate the transparency. You know, in terms of it being a team thing now, let me ask you this. Like, you're going to serve as the captain of their 13th team this season. Where do things stand then with the name of your team and who's going to be joining you on that team? I'm going to be uh, – I can't really say a lot, right? Uh they're kind of telling me now dates for a possible announcement. I can't be saying much. Uh, and we do have a team name. We do have a lot of things picked out. We just can't make it public yet. Uh, we have a few, but I just, there's some things that I just can't make public. Like I can't really have anything. So I wish I could say more than I can. Obviously, uh, a bit of the secrecy, right? Um, but obviously, once people have signed and, and were allowed, I'd, I'd be thrilled to be able to make it public. John Rahm joining us. I get that. So, John, you like the team concept. Back in June, you were pretty critical, though, of the no-cut 54-hole format. You said, quote, three days to me is not a golf tournament. No cut. It's that simple. I want to play against the best in the world in a format that's been going on for hundreds of years. End of quote. What about that? What led to a change in your mindset regarding the 54-hole format? How do you see that now? Well... Uh, let's just say it's going to take a little bit of adjustment for me to, to compete my best in three day golf, right? Uh, as for now, for this next year is what we have, and that's what I'm going to have to compete in. Um, so that's what I'm focused on. Whatever happens in the future, whatever happens in the future. Uh, I still maintain that my stance that I would like to see four days, but I do think that it, it does further the of live golf having what ranking it would make that discussion a little bit easier. But uh, I still think, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to create something new, something that's special. Uh, but with certain things that I said, obviously, I still agree with uh, other things. Um, I might have changed a little bit, obviously. We're talking to John Rahm. We're having a good conversation. We're dealing with a couple of technical issues, John, but we're fighting through it. It's good to have you. John Rahm is my guest. So, John, when you made that decision, I'm curious, you know, you laid out your reasons for it. I'm curious, what was the reaction of your peers on the PGA Tour to your decision? What kind of conversations have you had with them? So, too many of them yet. Uh, most of the ones, actually every single one that I consider the friend is – was a little bit on the loop, but not completely. And uh, they weren't surprised and they've been very, very supportive. Nothing's changed in that regard. And I wouldn't say any dynamics have changed, right? I think uh, to agree or support what I did, which I completely understand the point and I respect the decision in that sense, right? So, uh, but the people I've been in relationship with and maybe weren't true, true friends uh, have still been very, very supportive. We're talking to John Rahm. John, what about Rory McIlroy? For instance, he had been extremely critical of Live Golf, but he softened his stance recently. He said himself that he thought that he had been perhaps too judgmental of players defecting. He described your decision, quote, as a smart business move. What's your reaction to his change in tone? And do you think maybe overall that might de-escalate some of the tension in the sport? I mean, I think it actually it does de-escalate. Uh... Rory is a fantastic player who's taken on a lot uh, on top of being a, a professional golfer. And it takes a lot of maturity and it takes a lot to step back and voice out when you've been wrong, especially in a national and a worldwide audience like he has. So uh, he's been a great friend of mine. Again, his reaction was 
was uh, very positive. Obviously, I'm sad, and he's sad. We're not going to be competing against each other directly all year all year round. But uh, he's a good friend. He's continued to be a good case possible, right? We all want to see the best players going against the best players, and we all want golf uh, above all to be in the best situation and the best. Give the fans and the spectators, because at the end of the day, we're entertainers, what they need to see. We're talking to John Rahm. So, John, you had a big year. You won four times. You had the victory at the Masters. You finished tied for second at the Open Championship. The credentials had many believing that you were the front runner for the PGA Tour Player of the Year award, but it went to Scotty Scheffler for a second straight year. Do you think the voters got that right? Oh, man, listen. Scotty had a fantastic year. Fantastic year. Some of the records he... Striking wise, we're fantastic, but and I don't want to take away anything from what he did. Historically, hardware is what's what's won the basically the player of the year, right? Uh, the year Patrick Cantlay won, I was the basically the more consistent player in 2021. Had a major and did a lot of. Uh, I think I had 16 top tens that year, and I fully understood why Patrick won it. Uh, it's just maybe this year, because of his high level of ball striking, you know, they've, they've decided to go in a different direction. But at the end of the day, it's well earned. John, I mentioned that Live Golf's going to open up its 2024 season February 2nd in Mayacoba, Mexico. I'm curious, you won last year's PGA season opener at Kapalua, which kicked off your outstanding year. What's it like watching the coverage of this year's event? and not playing competitive golf in early January as you have for so many years, that had to be a little strange. And going to practice was, was actually quite nice and enjoyed myself in Christmas a little bit more than I have in the past. Uh, it is early on this year, there is a lot of tournaments I'm going to miss, right? I, I've loved the West Coast swing all throughout. Maui is something that not only myself but my family loves as well. And then the American Express, Tory. Story Pines and Phoenix Open are going to be events I'm going to miss. Same with LA. I mean, Riviera, I think, is regarded as one of the best golf courses we've played all, all our lives for a lot of us. And those are certainly events I'm going to miss. So uh, maybe not being there is going to be a little hard, but I'll, uh, I'll try my best to, to focus and, you know, do what, uh, what I need to be doing. Well, you know, me being an L.A. native, I like hearing you talk about the West Coast Swing like that. The West Coast Swing is tremendous. He announced his shift to the Live Tour on December 7th. He joins Live Golf. He's a two-time major champ, and they're going to open up their season February 2nd in Mayacoba, Mexico. John Rahm, my guest. John, great to get caught up. Appreciate you very much. Good to have you on the show. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you very much, Jim. Good talking to you, John. You know, I... He, I thought, was very transparent. I wish we did not have the technical issues that we did, unfortunately. We tried to play through it. He's tried to play through it. I think the message definitely was received. I thought he was very transparent off the very top. When I said, what were the biggest reasons? He said, well, obviously, there are financial considerations. And then laid out some of the other things that he liked about Live Golf. And we talked about Rory McIlroy, who had changed his tone recently and thought that maybe... And I said, do you think that maybe that might lead to a de-escalation in some of the tension in the sport? He said, I think so. I think so. So, my thanks to John Rahm. Again, my apologies. I wish that technically we had a better setup. John did all the right things. John was in early. John was ready to roll. These things happen sometimes. So, wish that was a little bit cleaner. 
Nobody's fault. Just one of those things. All right, when we come back, we move into hour number three. If you want to react to what you heard or the parts that you did hear, go right ahead. Nick Casario is coming up next hour. I want to talk New York football next hour. Phone lines are open next hour. 1-800-636-8686. You're in the jungle. I'm Jim Rome. Third hour coming up next.